Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Pat Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack that inspired him. And uh, based on those selections, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Man, this is the jam. We've been playing a lot of Jackson 5 lately. I swear we played Jackson 5 like the last three weeks randomly for either Top of the Charts Tuesday, midweek movie music, or th- theme. Yeah. It's come I mean, up. They come up a lot. They got some good music. Man. That Michael got... Jackson guy. That Michael... Pretty talented. <laughs> what about those other Jacksons, man? Yeah, name them all again. <laughs> all right. Let's go. Try to name all the Jacksons here in the Jackson 5. In the Jackson 5? In the original Jackson 5. Was there a Marlon? There is a Marlon Jackson. There's a Jermaine. J- Jermaine. Uh, Randy. Oh, Randy. Don't forget about Tito. Tito. There's a Tito. And Michael. Boom! Take that, Patrick. We got them Jacksons. Yeah. We come strong in this game, player. I could have done it without Harjo. He got half the Jacksons. So couldn't have been got it. We even on this thing, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, uh, the Specs text on Waterman for you, 512. Actually, uh, oh, did let's I miss see. One? Did uh, I miss a Jackson? Randy was not in the original. Oh, who's the original? Which, which Jackie, Jackie we missed? Jackie. Jackie was in the oh, original. Oh, Jackie, yeah. come on. Yeah. What happened to Jackie? Why did Jackie age out? I don't know. I think he was the he was the oldest. He was the older. I think because I remember in the movie. I think that was the thing in the movie is like they said. Dad was like, "No, this is a kind of a boy band, and you don't look like a boy. You look grown, man. You look too grown out there, man. Like get up out here." So I think he got Jackie got kicked out. Yeah. Oh, Jackie probably got some feelings about that. Jackie probably. Well, he didn't want to get beat either. <laughs> that is not funny. That is not funny. Jackie, I want to say Jackie was laugh, but that was uh, not funny. You okay, right. you right. Joe I'm up out of here. Yeah, Joe. Joe didn't play. Joe did not have the um, the the best means of trying to bring out the best in his kids. Yep. He did not. Yes, they were not very kind with the way that he no. tried to. Um, yes, he, per, per, he ruled with an iron fist. There it is. Yeah, you got to find a, a better way to bring out the best in the young folks. All right, uh, spec sex on five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You also can hit us up via Twitter. The All NBA team is out. We'll get to that next segment. Uh, we're going to talk some Cowboys. We can bump the Cowboys conversation to later on in the week, and we'll talk All NBA team coming up next segment. Uh, the Twitterverse Hardball Harge is at Hardball Harge. Need Twitterverse Patrick Davis at it's Patrick Davis, and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, let's get back to the Sark audio. Thanks, my man Jeff Howe over at Horns 24-7. He was at the uh, Texas Fight Tour uh, San Antonio uh, destination. I believe today they're in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. They're making the rounds to all the stops in the state of Texas, talking to all the different uh, fan groups, the Longhorn groups there. And my man uh, Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7 did a great job. He got us some sound of Sark in San Antonio. Uh, The last bit we played was about Sark talking about the offense and how Quinn Ewers is really the key, right? He's the straw that stirs the drink, and that the offense, if they have enough balance in the offense, that really they can uh, be explosive. And uh, really there's no limit on what this offense can do uh, if Quinn Ewers is comfortable and is, and is operating at a really high level. Uh, this next cut is is also about Quinn Ewers. Cut six here. And this is about Quinn Ewers' uh, development and improvement from year one to year two. Here's Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I think what the biggest thing is confidence in the system and in themselves, right? Um, you know, year one in our system is there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, I think they can look really, really good in year one at times, especially when the primary reads are there and we call it right and, and we get that ideal coverage and the first or second guy in the progression is there to, to make those plays. 
Um, the challenge is when those aren't there and it's not the coverage that we want, and now you're getting into your third, fourth, fifth in your progression, you have to start using your legs, you have to start changing the play, you have to start changing protections. Uh, and I think in year two, there's just such more of a comfort level in getting to those secondary type reads, getting to different plays, um, making those plays under duress because you can anticipate where people are going to be. And I think that's Quinn, That's where Quinn's at. I was talking about that earlier today that I just feel like there's a real sense of confidence. You know, I, I was joking with him during spring ball after one of the scrimmages. I said, how, how different was this year compared to last? And he, he kind of laughed. He goes, man. Last year, I felt like I was just surviving in spring ball. You know, it was practice number seven or whatever it was in a new system. Now he's had all of last year and winter conditioning, and now I just think there's a sense of comfort. Uh, and now it's more about having that rapport with the guys around him and knowing what the types of players that they are. I really enjoyed that piece of sound, and I and I think Sark is. He's been pretty forthcoming, seems pretty honest and uh, with the media. And if he is being genuine there, I think that's a huge step for Quinn Ewers and for Sark. And here's why I say that, and I'll try to break it down here. I think Sark is extremely uncomfortable when he's got to operate or when even his quarterbacks have to operate off script or off schedule. He, that's why he is best on script, literally, on his 20-play script. He's one of the best in the country at preparation and game planning. You could argue top five in the country at preparation and game planning. Where he struggles, the adjustments and the counters, the chess match within the game. He's great on script, but when he's got a freestyle and he's got an improv, mm, Sark's not at his best. He's uncomfortable there. Right. Having to mm. basically do it on the fly. All right. Having to improvise on the fly, uh, having to freestyle, if you will, make those adjustments at halftime and throw the script out. He and he, he works really hard in the script, and he's really good at it. So I understand why he's so uh, comfortable within that script. There are some coordinators who are known for throwing out the script early, like, right. "Oh man, I had it wrong. To you know what the hell with this script? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know what we're gonna do with this script?" I call Boris. We had a, a game plan. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, for, for uh, what game was it? Mm, it was a Big Twelve game. Honestly, man, it might have been like Oklahoma State. It was a game plan. He had a game plan, ready to go. We had practiced it all week long. He was pretty confident, steadfast in the game plan. After the first series came off of the field, and I believe they went down and scored early on. I may not be the first series, but it was one of the early series in the game. Carl Burris comes to the side, tells us, you know what, to hell with the game plan. Scrap it. All right, this is what we're going to do. Doom, 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 doom. Make the adjustments. Let's go. We won the game. All right, there are some coaches that are comfortable throwing out the game plan and operating off script. And I think for Sark, he doesn't even want his quarterbacks operating that way, which is why, remember, I told you guys initially when Sark came in, I said Casey Thompson's going to win the job. Why? Because Tacey Thompson was better operating off script. He was better operating in second reaction plays. Uh, when the play breaks down, he had he was more instinctual than Hudson Card, and he could operate off script. He could improvise off schedule better. And Hudson Card was better operating within a rhythm and within the structure of the offense. And he was trying to do that a ton, which is why Casey Thompson, every time the, the pocket would collapse, he'd run and scramble. And go Smart. pick up positive yards. Yep. And Hudson Card would not. We're talking about 2021, not 2022. He would not. He would look indecisive and confused, discombobulated. And 
and he ended up getting sacked or making a bad play or a bad decision. And Casey Thompson was much more decisive because Casey Thompson was a more instinctual player. He was better at second reaction plays and off script, and mostly because he was learning from Sam Ellinger, who scrambled more than any other quarterback in college football in the four, five years that he was at Texas. Nobody scrambled more. Casey Thompson learned from that guy. Pocket breaks down, get the hell out of Dodge. All right, and Sark was telling his quarterbacks, just based on my film watching, when you you need to scramble to throw, not scramble to run. Mm-hmm. And even Sark today, he mocks running quarterbacks. Still says, ah, it's something that we're not going to major in that. We might minor in it. That's not really something we do. He doesn't really like running quarterbacks. Not something he does. He doesn't even want them scrambling all that much. But when the play breaks down, you got to operate off script. I don't think he's really comfortable in that. And I think now he's starting to realize half of football is off schedule. At damn near all of it. Remember, at Alabama, everything was on schedule. You, Mac Jones, in that Alabama year, Mac Jones, they win a national title. He went to his second read less than 15% of the time. Everything was on schedule. Everything was operating. And it's on script. That's exactly the way Sark wanted it. But at Texas, you don't have that Alabama talent. All right, Different situation, different circumstance. But here at Texas, even though you do have a, lot, a ton of talent now, there's still going to be lots of opportunities for your quarterback to go make a play off schedule. And I think for Sark, he's got to get comfortable with the idea of him being at his best off of the script. Yep. Freestyle and improvising, and also for his quarterback to be able to operate and be comfortable with your quarterback operating off script, improvising off schedule. Because VY, Texas never wins a national title in 05 if VY don't operate off schedule. For sure. Like that's half for of football, sure. man. Joe, go look at Joe Burrow. Look at Patrick Mahomes in, in the playoffs. Half of football is just off schedule. They they have a great defense called the defensive lineman made a play, beat a blocker, and I need your quarterback to go out there and make a play. I need to go out there and erase some mistakes. And great quarterbacks can do that. Mm-hmm. And Quinn uses a great quarterback, he will do that. So that's what I that's what I like about that cut. I know it's a little deep, but that's what I like about no, it. No, that's perfect. I mean, that's a great way to describe it, especially when you start looking at what you said about <laughs> VY and how quarterbacks have to be able to handle off-script plays, whether it's running. How, how many times have I said it? I've said he should run more. He should get out of that pocket, quit trying to look for that, extend the play, and live for another play. Mm-hmm. Go get some positive yardage and change the way everybody looks at it this and start making some plays by being just an athlete. Yep. Sometimes an athlete just needs to take over the game. And you're going to have plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what's going to happen now that Bijan and, and Rojo aren't there. And this offensive line is still trying to get one more year better underneath their belt. But what you can do is make plays with your feet. I've been saying it since day one. Yeah, no, you have been. I remember you said, and by the way, Hudson Card followed your advice this past year. He sure did. So instead of the Hudson Card in 2021 that looked indecisive and didn't have that dog in him. Right. Uh, you saw the quarterback this year look really decisive. The pocket breaks down, Hudson Carr would run. And he gashed Alabama a couple yes. times on one damn leg. Ga- <laughs> hopping through the game. Yeah. Hopping through hopping the force. Through, exactly. <laughs> he gashed, uh, was it, man, he gashed a couple of teams. I Maybe Tech yep, a couple tech of times with yep. that as well. And, yeah, because Hudson Carr's an athlete. You know what I mean? He's a That's guy that Bucky do, said man. could play wide receiver at the next level yes, if he, he really wanted to. Yep. And I think he started to realize, yeah, man, you know what? When the play breaks down, I don't always have to sit here and, and scramble to throw. I can just run and go pick up those easy yards. Mm-hmm. And right? that's an important part of it, too. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, now you're an extra threat. Now i got to keep another spy in. Tom Herman used to do it all the time. Yeah. He used to always say, I would outnumber you because my guys can run. Yeah, so I, I, I'm glad that he's at least now even acknowledging that Quinn Ewers, sometimes you got to go make a play. Have to. I mean, it's important. I, I, my man, Shannon's always say, be coachable, don't be a robot. 
And what he means by be coachable, don't be a robot is I can go out there, I can give you the technique, I can give you the fundamentals, I can give you the play, and I can tell you where you need to be on this play, your responsibilities, obligations, alignment, assignment, all that kind of stuff. But I can't go out there and play. Exactly. You're on the field. On the field, you see once everything. the ball is snaps, you see everything. Maybe I got maybe I got maybe I projected wrong what the route combination would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe we called uh, a coverage that was not ideal. Maybe uh the the pass protection was not great. I need you to go make a play. Yep. <laughs> so I mean, like, yes, the coach can only do so much. Then you got to go out there and make a play. Don't be a robot. And I think that times last year, and I think we saw that with Hudson Carr in his first year uh, on, on the Sark in 2021, trying to be a robot, trying to do everything the coach told you down to a T. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the reason he's coaching and you're right. playing. And you're playing. That's you, right. That, that, Once the play things. comes in, I called it. It <laughs> right. wasn't there. I made the adjustment. Yeah, there's yeah. certain things that you can do out there that I cannot, as a coach, account for or quantify. Go out there and be a ball player. No, no. Uh, all right, uh, so that's some Sark sound. Shout out to my man Jeff Howard at Horns 24-7. Yeah, Texter said, Ewers uh, footwork is terrible. I'm ready for Malik Murphy. Yeah, footwork has improved is what I've heard Absolutely. from Quinn Ewers. Tremendous. I think we that was saw one, it. We yeah. saw it in the, in the spring game. That was one of the big issues in the offseason for him to fix. And some, one of the things you can only fix in the offseason when you have mm-hmm. a lot of time on your hands and you're not game plan focused. All right, let's uh, change our folks a little bit to Rodney Terry because he also making the rounds uh, the Texas Fight Tour. And uh, thanks, my man Jeff Howe. We have some audio from Coach Terry. First piece of audio, he's talking about some of the new additions uh, for the Longhorns. Um, is it Max Amos? Yes, I know. I know it's not like it's spelled. I know it's not. It's not like it's spelled. It doesn't sound like it's not even close. It's not even close. (laughs) But I know we got to get used to it though because we're going to be saying his name a ton. Um, And he talked about him and uh, Caden Shedrick, some of the other guys that are coming in. Uh, Here is Coach Rodney Terry. They were really at the top of the list in terms of portal guys for us. You know, Uh, Max is just one of those kids that uh, he's a winner. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been and. uh, He's uh, you know, been to Sweet 16. He's going to be a guy that comes in and he's going to be an incredible ambassador, ambassador off the court and be a great player on the court. He can really shoot the basketball, can make decisions with the basketball. Um, you know, you talk about Caden. Caden's a guy that's also coming from a winning background uh, and having a chance to, uh, to play for uh, Coach Bennett over at Virginia. Uh, but, but a guy that's going to give us elite rim protection, super athletic, can run the floor. Uh, I think has more of an offensive game than, than he's shown to this point right now as well. But talk about two talented players, but two really good kids as well. Uh, they asked Coach Terry talking about the new additions to the roster. And speaking of the roster, he was also asked about the roster turnover uh, because it seems like in college basketball uh, that is just the new age that we're in. Tons of turnover for every team in Texas. Uh, there's no exception to that. Here is Coach Terry talking about how the roster turnover is just something you got to adapt to. Well, we still we, we had a couple of core guys back, though. When you talk about the Sioux, who's probably playing as good a basketball as anybody in the country in the latter part of the season, uh, you know, having the Sioux come back and Brock Cunningham come back, played really well for us, two down the stretch as well, and was really one of our main captains on the team. You know, you talk about two anchors right there just in themselves. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Tyrese is in the draft right now, and, and uh, he's kind of going through that process, Dylan Mitchell likewise, but... Uh, you had a core group guys, uh, core of guys that have a chance to, to come back, and uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out a little bit. But we also went in with some needs we need to fill a little bit, and we feel like we're on our way with that moving forward. All right, there he goes talking about the, uh, you know, really brought up uh, Tyrese Hunter, and I saw the co- NBA Combine invites are out, and Dylan Mitchell, I believe, is on that list. Yes, he's did, on the list. Did not see Tyrese Hunter on the he list. He is not on okay. the list. So it, he won't be part of that 
you know, NBA uh, process. So I wonder if, and I guess you could still just wait out for the draft. Do you think, Patrick, that that means anything, that he's not on the combine invite list for Tyler Hunter? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's usually, again, we thought this was a way for him to meet with teams, kind of get ideas of, you know what he needs to work on. Where what part of games are they looking at for him? That's what I thought. More of this was was a good chance to talk to teams. Mm-hmm. He can still do personal workouts for anybody uh, that wants to bring him in. He can kind of do workouts where they bring in five or six guys and have them play drills. But yeah, the the combine invite is a big one because it means you're not going in with all the other guys in that class who are pr- for sure going like, to for most likely going to be drafted. Yeah, those are your yeah, your marquee guys. Yeah, it is yeah. 78 is a 78 total, I believe. That's that's a, list. It's that's a, a it's a lot. It's a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a lot of guys. So I for that not to... a lot of spots either. There's not a lot of spots for you too to get drafted in either. Agreed. There is but there is also the G League now. Oh, so yeah, there yeah. there is and more guys overseas that are, and all that. But, but like stuff. for G League now teams there's more teams that'll go, "Hey, we're not going to take you. We can't put you on the roster yet, but if you come here, then we can put you on a two-way contract, and if you work hard. So there is more of a feeder system to it now, Mm -hmm. so they are looking at more guys than they used to just because they can put you in a feeder system uh, that they didn't used to have. That's a good point. Um, Yeah, and uh, Coach uh, Coach Terry was also being asked about guys who have transfer portal, give it, then take it away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So you've been on both ends of it for Texas. Here is him talking about the transfer portal and how Texas has had to deal with both sides of that. This this day and time, the landscape of college athletics, I mean, you know, and uh, and, and, and in in our sport in particular, has really changed a great deal, you know. uh, you know, in years past, when you made a commitment, you, know, you didn't have to worry about a kid making a decision to say, hey, I'm not coming uh, and everything. But that's all changed. I mean, you got guys can come and go at any time, and uh, that's just kind of the landscape of, uh, of college athletics, and you've got to be able to adapt and adjust to that, and uh, you have to recruit guys until they get to campus. How are you? How are, how are you? <laughs> Uh, he's right about that. I love how he I like that laugh <laughs> at the end. He's like, hey. you already know what it's about, man. This has been, this has been rough on your boy. <laughs> it is, man. It's a, it's a whole new landscape. But yeah. uh, I think, you know, Coach Terry is ready to deal with it. I, honestly, he, he seems like he's embraced the yeah. kind of chaos of the new age of the transfer portal to NIL. And there's no doubt about it uh, here at Texas. He's got to succeed. He's got to exceed those uh, expectations in those two areas, NIO and the transfer portal. Here's him talking about staff changes, though, because uh, something else he's had to deal with because of the, um, you know, the, the the Chris Beard situation, him being an interim coach and then now being the official head coach. There have been some staff changes, some things that have moved around. Here's Coach Terry talking about these staff changes that they've had to uh, deal with. Yeah, we've still got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of experience, man. We've got uh, three guys on our staff that have been head coaches. Uh, you know, and Steve McLean, I mean, Steve, Sweet 16 coach at, at Wyoming, you know, uh, Frank Hayes, you know, has had success in the tournament uh, as a head coach as well. Chris Ogden, head coach, you know, uh, uh, you know, Brandon Chappelle is coming in as, you know, coming back with us. He's been with us for a year already. And, uh, um, you know, those were the, were the guys that we have right now in the trenches right now. And, uh, um, you know, a good group of, uh, of, of coaches that have a wealth of experience. 
And uh, one thing we didn't get into, and we won't play the cut because uh, we're up against it. I want to get to the All-NBA team on the other side. He did say that after the draft, they're expecting another wave of transfer portal guys who submitted their name but didn't hire an agent, so they have the ability to come back. And if they are displeased with their valuation overall or their status at that point, they may decide to come back to school. So he did hint in that sound that Jeff Hollins does that there's another wave of talent coming for the transfer portal in college basketball. Yeah. After the draft. Yeah. And I mean, and it's going to be a lot of those people too, going to be, it's going to be an IL money. Yes. Good point. (laughs) I mean, as we just saw Hunter Dickinson come out uh, for the backlash he got from Michigan fans who were upset that he would leave and go to Kansas and people are upset about that. His response. Yeah, go ahead. His response was basically, any one of you would leave your job right now if you've got a $10,000 raise. I wasn't making that much money at, at Michigan, and I will be here. He said, basically, the people hating on me would leave their job right now for a $10,000 increase. I got less than six figures at Michigan for the year. So he said that's his decision. It's a trans- business. So he's hitting that. Yeah, man. Basically, <laughs> he got six figures at his next spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell you, Hunter Dickinson, those seven-footers that aren't the most athletic, the college is where you need to make your money. Because once you get to the pros, if you're not a stretch five that can really run the court, mm-hmm. a lot of times th- there's not a spot for you on a roster. I agree with you on that. That's, I think that's the case for a lot of, not just for the the, the, the sports and niche players, if you will, in certain sports, but like even sports that are not necessarily revenue-producing sports. Like Women's sports has cashed in on NIL. Yes. It is, they, t- to your point, exactly what you said. It was like, no, I'm not going to be able to go to the next level and really make money in the WNBA or even uh, professionally playing what playing I don't, what volleyball or whatever it may be. Right. But nil money, I can cash in, and they are killing it. Straight cash yeah. on me. Like look mm-hmm. at like Luca Garza Whoa. a couple years ago for Iowa was a, a seven footer who hasn't really found a place in the league yet. Yeah. But was one of the best players in college basketball. Zach Eady right now is a guy that no one knows if he's going to be able to succeed right. at the next level. But he's one of the best players in college basketball. Yeah. Like they're like yeah. You know what would be great to make five hundred thousand dollars in college so that I have a start that if I do want to try my and uh, the NBA and I'm playing G League and buses I have some money. I mean, I I haven't done the research, but I will say at the top of my head, I bet the highest paid women's basketball player in college, not paid, I guess to say, NIL uh, revenue uh, receiving uh, athlete in women's basketball in college is probably making as much as the WNBA superstars. Well, more. More, I don't know. Well, because there is name it. So, like, Sue Bird right now is on every commercial right now, and I know she's – been around forever, no, but she's yeah. retired. She's retired, but there yeah. are some people that are getting name image likeness in the pros, so their salary is not very much. So the NIL is but more they than they're making money. The, yes, yes, they can also yes. make endorsement money. As yes, well. I know what I'm saying, but still, like that's just to let you know. I I totally like softball. If you're yeah. a softball player, Woo. you're definitely making more oh, in yeah. NIL than you would as a professional softball player. Yeah, um, don't tell Brandon that. No, I'm not. No, no, no I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful no, either. No, no, you're not. Like that's what the NIL kind of expl- the windfall of cash has been. All right, we come back. We'll get into the All NBA teams on the other side. Couple surprises here. Couple of disappointments. We'll talk about it all right here on Ball Don't Lie. One point on the horn.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when we play jams that reach the jams from a soundtrack of a movie. I don't know why I always get confused. They reach the silver screen in movie form. (laughs) Songs that came from a soundtrack inspired uh, from, for whatever reason, my man Patrick to play those selections for us. And based on the songs that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. And today it is Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1. We actually had Part 2 as the feature for Midweek Movie Music last week. So a lot of celebration about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I will tell you, uh, soundtrack uh, part one, or at least the soundtrack for part one, is better than the soundtrack for part two. It's already, I mean, every song that's been played yeah, has been a banger. It's better. So, yeah. It's yeah. better. And then yeah. when we've heard reports is that three's not as good either, so it's just going downhill. Yeah. Well, because they probably had so many like classic, iconic hits in part one. It's like hard to, you know, hard to, pa- to pass that up. You know, it might yeah. also- How you can outdo it. Yeah, it may also be money-wise that. that you're like, hey, can we get your movie? Can we get your song in there? And they're oh, like, that's a great point. oh, y'all got y'all got Marvel money? Yeah. Like, one, they're like, okay, yeah, you're doing this movie. It's not, But now they know everybody in the movie's famous now. That is true. More famous than they were. Yeah, yeah and, and the franchise is, is now lucrative yeah. and you is very popular. I think money. you're right about that. Yes, yeah, about that straight cash, homie. It always is. All right, gentlemen, let's get to the all-NBA uh, team, which was released earlier today. And um, a couple of surprises on the all-NBA team. And the first team uh, for the all-NBA team is Giannis, um, Luca. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Giannis and Luca, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luca Doncic, Yo- Joel Embiid, your MVP, uh, Jason Tatum, and Shai Gilgis Alexander. Alexander. Yeah, I like that. How was? How about that? He's from OKC, because people didn't know who Shai Gilgis was. But yeah, he's his at, name SGA is what they normally call. They call him SGA. All SGA. right, uh, but he is. Uh, oh, you know what? Yeah, I guess once you become uh, really. Like ballerific in the NBA, you almost have a one name or a nickname or like initials. Like you just KD. It, it is very hard. KD or <laughs> Kobe or Shaq. Like you go, you don't. Nobody calls you by yeah. your title. You're, you're just Bron or LeBron or Steph. Like yeah. they just shorten your name because you're so great. We talk about you too much. We can't afford to say your name all the damn time. Or straight so close. <laughs> he's AD though when he's <laughs> playing know, well. He's so or I the think the brow. Yeah, you're right, yeah. the brow. So you're right, SGA, I guess, is what they call him now. His initials, SGA, yes. he's so damn good. Uh, all right, gentlemen, what are your thoughts? That's the first team. Second team, you have Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Steph Curry, uh, Jokic, and Donovan Mitchell are your second team. Third team, De- De'Aaron Fox, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Julius Randle, and DeMontis Sabonis. Well, let's, number one, let me go with this right here. LeBron James made it for the 19th time. He's an all-NBA player for the 19th time. Think about that. It's not not surprising, though. He's just been that that good. That dude has been good his entire career. And this is, what, his 20th season? Yep. So that just goes to show you how talented this young man is. What season did he miss? That's the question. Was it it the first season? It what, could have been because I think he, he not, got rookie of the year that season year, was too. was he not all NBA? Because <laughs> now yeah, I'm curious, not, like, yeah. well, there are three teams, and I know there's no way he wasn't deserving to be on one of the three teams. Exactly. Every year he's been in the NBA. That's so. like today. I was like, man, he made third team. But here, you know, Patrick brought this up, too. You there, There's a clause in there on how many games you're supposed to play. Oh, uh, that might be part of it. 65. Load management era. Yeah, 65. Okay. But, you know, you look at all of these players that are on the list, and you can't really 
argue with hardly any of them. I mean, there's some names that people were like, well, he shouldn't be or he should be, but who are you going to take off? We were talking about that at one point. Who are you who are you taking off these teams to put somebody else on the front? That's the Joker, right? So if you're looking Joker's at the, probably the Joker's one. the one guy that you would say, this dude finished second in the MVP voting yeah. and he's on the second team. That's crazy. Come, I mean, how does that even make sense? <laughs> so, I mean, sense. Yeah. <laughs> those are some of the things so, that you would look like. Who who would you take take off? So LeBron, 2004. Tatum. Yes, 2004. So his rookie season was, was the year really? he has made. <laughs> he has made All NBA team every, every since year then. since 2005. Yeah. That is silly. And then his rookie. <laughs> Year, he took his team to the finals. Yeah, and he was all rookie. He was rookie of the year and all all rookie <laughs> first team, but he was not all NBA. Isn't this year the first year he didn't get an MVP vote? Probably, I, could believe, I believe this might be the first year it he didn't be. get an MVP vote too. Yeah. I think I, I read that somewhere randomly. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back to it, yeah, I'm with you. I think you got to find a way to put Joker on this thing, and, and they will be next year. So the, in the new CBA, the players have changed, have put in there that they're like, mm. we need want to get rid of the positions. Because the positions were basically for the fans, and so you could have a team. They go, "What? Whose team is better?" And it looks like a lineup. It was more of a uh, uh, cosmetic thing for uh, the for the look yes. of the list. Right. Yeah, right. I'm with you. And, but the players go, "We have stuff in our contract about this. Oh, like ding, I think ding, extra ding, money." Ding. Right. And for Jokic to go, "No, it's cool that like I'm I'm going to lose money, even though I'm the second best player in the league." I will lose money. Yeah, because that's a max salary. So is that part yeah. of the there's part max of too. salary There's part of that, too, connection. but then you can have put in of bonuses yeah, and other okay. things like yeah. that. Incentives and when you and talk about your career down the line of what yeah. people – and for Jokic to go, yeah, I'm the second-best player, yet somehow I'm number six because – You put me so, yeah. So SGA is now ahead of me, even yeah. though SGA ain't getting close to that MVP ballot. Right. I, that, <laughs> right. that seems so like that, a that's why they're getting rid of it. I know there's some people that are very much set on it of – well, I like that, like because they like the cosmetic part of it. But Who when cares? you when you put it into that sense, you go, I get it. You can still make your best lineups if you went as a fan, make your best lineups. But as far as the All NBA teams, it should be the five best players. Well, here you go I talking agree. about talking about I the agree. contract implications. Uh, John Morant did not make either one of the teams, so yep. John Morant now did not make an All NBA team, and he forfeited the five year, one hundred and ninety four to. Um, Five-year contract versus $233 million. That's a lot of money. So there's money that is missing. Uh, go back to it. Jason Tatum, he made an all-NBA all team. He gets super, super max eligible. He gets five years, $318 million. Okay. Jalen Brown, all-NBA team, super max eligible, five-year, $295 million. So it makes a huge mm-hmm. difference when you're looking at how am I balancing this out and what's my money going to look like if I make an all-NBA team, going back to the contract conversation. And going back to you know Shai Gilgis-Alexander, who was probably a surprise on this list, he averaged 31.4 points in 68 games this season. The only player since the start of the 99 season to average at least 31 points per game and play at least 68 games and not be all-NBA first team was Allen Iverson. Who averaged thirty three and seventy two games in 05-06. He was third team that year. Wow! So it, based on the statistical accomplishments of uh, SGA, like I said, you would have had to make history essentially to put him on the second or the third team, right? Because of what he was doing was just so outstanding that I just gave the numbers in the last twenty five years or so. There's only been one player that averaged the amount of points he did and didn't make first team All NBA. 
and that was Allen Iverson. And I think for SGA, and, and Patrick said it too, in the analytical era we live in, yeah. people are looking too much at analytics and stuff and stats like that to, you know, to basically demote him to the second team. No doubt. Yeah. And I think I think if you look into what GMs would want too, I think GMs would like him to be uh get further up on that list to make sure that Oklahoma City has to pay him a Supermax and that Oklahoma City. So you're like, no, no, put him up there. Don't let Oklahoma City run away with being able to keep these guys that are really good yeah. cheaper because we just weren't paying attention to them. And then they put together this super team because all the draft picks they first round draft picks. And yeah. they're going to get this super team put together. And then and then they're not even paying SGA a full because because we, we didn't vote him high enough. No, I like that. That's yep. I like the conspiracy theory. I'm on the grassy knoll with you there. You right, stay we, on that knoll, don't you, <laughs> <Yeah. die. laughs> uh, All right, we come back. We'll wrap it up. Put it in and let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nothing. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Before we wrap it up and put it in the oven, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Coming up next, we do have the Wednesday Night Flex and the crew's already in the building. The Seed, Nolan Hogan, Zach Lucero, my man Cameron. Um, who they got coming up for them on the show, on the well, Flex? they're lucky because in-house they got Vandergriff, quarterback and catcher Braden Buchanan, who was the all-Flex QB, and he's a Baylor Bay. Air signee. That's He's going right. to be playing baseball at Baylor. Nice. And they're also going to have a good friend of mine, Georgetown baseball coach, Coach Jordan Vieira. They will, they're the defending state champions, and they will be playing AM Consolidated in round two of the playoffs. It's going to be a fun show. Make sure you tune in. Yeah, don't go anywhere. They uh, got you taken care of all your high school football flex info. What you got coming up? Also on top of you. You know I'm watching hoops tonight, baby. Lakers Warriors, baby. That's right. Uh, yeah, big time matchup tonight. Patrick, I'm guessing same more thing for you. More hoops. Yeah, more hoops. <laughs> and we'll be talking more hoops tomorrow. I want to thank all you guys for your participation. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.